Welcome to North London is Ours, the Arsenal and Spurs podcast brought to you by Andreas and me, Aaron. Enjoy. Fortunate Arsenal or resilient Arsenal? Aaron and I debate and discuss the key talking points from the Gunners' late, late draw at Chelsea and look ahead to Tottenham's upcoming fixture against West London club Fulham. This is North London is Ours. Good evening, Andreas. Oh, I could tell immediately there's there's energy in that voice. I've got my turmeric tea. I am <laughs> no, I'm joking. I haven't got no tea, but I am I'm happy to hear your voice, mate. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, mate. Um you know, I'm not as quite as energetic as last week. I'm I'm slightly deflated after those final fifteen minutes on Saturday. But <sighs> yeah. generally all right. You must be you must be Feeling relieved, content, pleased. Where are you at? Um, <clears throat> I would say relieved and very pleased um, would be my two. Yeah, relieved and very pleased with with how they how they kind of bounced back in in the second half in particular. Um, I felt very pessimistic after that first half, especially and during the and during most of the game. I just didn't have that much belief in the team and I really my I really should start to have more faith in this team. I need to be more optimistic about them coming back because they've they've shown over recent years that they can over recent seasons I should say that they're able to to do that. So I think I need to start having more faith in them. So I can understand where you're coming from. You're probably thinking, uh oh, they're they're not gonna win this today. Am I right? I was, yeah. And you know, I was also thinking you know, some people have said to us, you know, some of the listeners that, you know, they want a bit more, I suppose, aggression or, you know, pointed comments towards each other, really living on the edge. And then I was thinking, well, neither team has actually lost yet. So I don't really know, or neither of us really have understood how we're going to approach an episode where either one team has lost or the other has. And I really was thinking you're going to lose this and <laughs> I was going to maybe I had a few bits bits of fire prepared for you but now <laughs> I had to retract quite a lot of my preparation mm. um, and rethink so yeah I suppose um, a good place to start is sort of your immediate or sort of takeaway thoughts on on the game the performance the result yes yeah, sort of where's your head at um I, I think I think asked that was Arsenal's worst performance this so far this season um in particular, the first half, I thought they were, uh, as a collective, I thought they were really, really poor. Um, very, very sloppy. I know the conditions were really, really bad. Like It was torrential rain, players soaked through to the skin. So there must have been a lot of surface water. I think there was a, quite a few missed kicks. I think Levi Colwell, a couple of, a couple of yeah. um, slices on the ball, what you'd expect to see it like. On a Sunday morning, not a Saturday, not a Saturday <laughs> evening, um, and I, I do think that played a part. But um, <clears throat> for both sides, I think they were quite sloppy or in possession at times, which is not what you normally see. Um, but yeah, I, Arsenal were just, um, yeah, just really, really poor. In and there wasn't any standout players at all in that first half, and for for most of the second half until we made changes. Um, yeah, it was really, really disappointing. And obviously, as you do during matches, you you message fellow Spurs fans, if, like yourself. Um, if you're watching Spurs, you'll be messaging your Spurs mates. And same for me as an Arsenal fan, I message my 
my Arsenal pals and uh, you know a couple of them were like oh we'll we'll bounce back from this one we'll win this one or we'll come back and draw and I was just like no nah, it's not happening today just couldn't see it it was I just felt like one of those it's not our day you know those feelings mm. where you're like it just doesn't seem like it's going to go right um but they they proved us wrong so much to your dismay right very much so <clears throat> yeah I'd, I'd actually been out in the day and I got back about well 10 minutes into the game so I stuck it on yeah and I was watching it and exactly what you said and I don't know what your thoughts on this are but I thought should I drop him a, you know a message a bit of banter <laughs> I thought, Do you know what as as a Spurs fan, there's nothing more annoying than when an Arsenal fan or your Arsenal mates start messaging you and taking the piss during a game when you're into it. And I thought, Do you yes. know what? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let yeah. you go through the game. And in the end, I'm very, very glad I didn't because I would have had egg on my face. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it's always tempting though, isn't it? Always tempting just to be, even if it's the little eyes emoji, and just send it through. <laughs> Do you know it's yeah. weird because. This is going to sound very strange, and I don't know if you feel this way, but whenever your team are playing now, I'm thinking of you. It's weird. Like, you're yeah. on my mind. You're on my mind, mate. I know, I know. It is a bit strange. I'm like, I wonder how he's coping with this. Is he okay? Is, is, he, <laughs> is he buzzing? Is he, what, what's he doing? Yeah, it is yeah, interesting. Part-time part podcaster, part-time therapist. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm on a couch now as well, actually. <laughs> but um, right, let, let's dive into it, though, because there was, I mean, let's start with the positives, right? Because, I mean, yeah. ultimately, it's probably... And I'm sure you see it as a really good point in the end. It's, it's definitely a point gained um, based on that performance and the fact that we went 2-0 down away from home in tricky playing conditions against a a team now that I'm, I wasn't 100% um, convinced that they turned the corner, but I am now following that performance against us. Mm. Um, yeah, that 100% is a point gained. That, that was... Um, they showed that real character to come back late on with those two goals. And um, yeah, 100% a point gained. And I would have, it, it, you know, if Chelsea had won that game, you'd have to, you'd be really disappointed as an Arsenal fan, but you'd have to accept it. Um, and I know you you, you had the, the thought that, or the, of the opinion that Chelsea, what did, what did you make of their performance? Yeah, I think I thought Chelsea is the best version of them I've seen this season. I thought there was a lot of aggression and energy to their play. Um, and I thought first half in particular, as you said, they were, I mean, to me, they were by far the better team. You just looked slightly off it. I mean, it was the most quiet I've probably seen Odegaard and Saka for maybe 60, 70 minutes in a game. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea impressed me. And I always think Chelsea, for me, their best player is Reese James. And he's not playing mm. um, with injury. I know he came on in the game. So yeah, he, yeah. he came on and they lost. Yeah. They almost lost. Yeah. Well, I think he came on when they, when they were tuning up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the time, obviously, we know how the game finished. So maybe he's not what they need. Yeah. So yeah. I think from a Chelsea point of view, I'd say I thought Enzo... Is a very, I think he's a very good midfielder and he seems to be getting rave reviews and I thought he sort of controlled mm. a lot of the game. Um, yeah. And Sterling seems to just be so, even more direct than I remember and he's causing, he seems to be playing really well at the moment, Sterling. Yeah, he was excellent in that, that game. Really, really caused, you know, his, his opposite numbers, Zinchenko was dragged at half-time. Yeah. Um, and I do think that was because of the problems that Sterling was causing him on that right-hand side. Um, I don't think that was. I don't think that was a tactical thing. Um, I, I think that was just, you know, Zinchenko. I don't think anyone 
played well, particularly in that first half. But Zinchenko did seem to be really struggling to cope with um, with Raheem Sterling. So, yeah, I thought Chelsea were good. I didn't think they posed much threat mm. going forward. I thought they were very, very well structured. Very, um, they gave very little away in terms of space. And um, yeah, their midfield they seem to. They seem to win that 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 bit of the game. I mean, Jorginho was pretty ineffective in the game. Declan Rice grew into it, was put, and then obviously and became like our best player in that game. Not that he was fantastic, but um, yeah, they 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 were good. Chelsea, I, I, they were they were very good, very good defensively. But I ju- I just think average going forward. They, I don't really feel as though they were much of a threat going forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's probably where, where I'm at. I think mm. there was a point in the game in the second half, I think you were 2-0 down, and then I saw you turn to your bench and you've gone, I think it was Nketiah and Smith Rowe were coming on. I think it yeah. was I think you were 2-0 down, and I just thought if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be thinking, right, that's it. We're not getting anything from this here at 2-0 when you're bringing on those two players. Mm. Odegaard has gone off. But yeah. then... That and then the other, the other one I just want to make a point of is, is Trossard, because he seems to be becoming a very, very important squad player for you at the moment. Mm. With his yeah, impact. he he has yeah with impact from the bench. He's been really good. And then when he started, he ha- he's been decent as well when he started. But then there's been a few opportunities. I think he's had injuries as well. But yeah, he's been very good off the bench for us. Good impact sub. I think I saw something on the Premier League Instagram uh, speaking about his involvement as a substitute this season of like three goals and all of them have either been the first goal in the game or an equaliser, just showing that he's actually having a an influence on like, it's, you know, sometimes a sub comes on and they score like to make it 4-0 or 5-0 or something and it's like, well, yeah. that's, that's not really that important, but he's actually impacting key yeah. moments of games. Yeah, it's a great weapon to have, isn't it? You know, someone that can come on, and I—I I, I don't know about you, but I do think there are some players that they—they seem to not. It might not be their mentality, and I'm not—you know—I don't want to be trying to come across as like some psychologist or anything. But I do think some players seem to be um, just more comfortable coming off the bench and impacting games than than when they start. And it could be the case that. Um, that, that that could be the case for Trossard, that he's, I don't know, just a little bit more relaxed or he's more driven, possibly, when he comes off the bench, that kind of thing, that could be impact, helping him make such a significant impact. Mm, because, yeah, I think when, when you think super, <laughs> my brain immediately goes to like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. back in the day. But with, with Trossard, because the other point there is, you often expect maybe a pacey player to come on when a game stretched that may have the impact. But actually with Trossard, maybe it's, it's a, Complement to his sort of game intelligence because mm. he's not the quickest, but he is sort of quite techy and skillful. And there yeah. was a couple of times once you once you equalised, you had it sort of through the middle or on the right hand side, and I kept thinking, bloody hell, back post, Trossard's free. Mm. Um, and they, you kind of had them. I thought like, once you made it two two, I, I really thought you were gonna. Yeah, yeah there was a chance you could have nicked it. Yeah, there was. I think that would have been a bit unfair on Chelsea, to be honest with you. I think a draw was. Maybe yeah, probably a fair result. The way Arsenal kind of picked it up in that last bit, and the, just the the good fortune of Chelsea's goals as well. But I, I think they were quite fortunate to be two 0 up, the, considering the nature of the goals and the lack of threat they had. 
Um, but just going back to that question you, you raised about Enketia and Emile Smith-Rowe, I, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully to, to Eddie Enketia, but I just felt really uninspired seeing him come on. And uh, Emile Smith-Rowe, I was a lot more inspired by that because he's a player that I'm... I, I really, really think is is fantastic when he's firing and fit and uh, all those things. But and Eddie Nketiah isn't one that really gets me going. So when he came on, it was Jesus going off. I, I, I again, I messaged Arsenal friends and was you know just thinking, oh gosh, here we go. It's like Nketiah is probably it. It just added to that feeling for me that it's not our day, you know. Um, and in fact, he almost scored the third goal, didn't he? When he went through and just kind of stabbed it across the goal. That wasn't far off going in the far post. It's a good effort. That was yeah. a good effort. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I take your point. I mean, <clears throat> OK, so within the game itself, though, there were some pretty significant incidents, right? Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps the best place to start is the penalty for Chelsea. Yeah. What's your take on it? I think the law needs to be changed, mate. Honestly, I just I can't believe that in 2023 we're we're seeing penalties awarded for that. Like, there's no there's absolutely no intention from Saliba to gain an advantage by putting his arm in the air there. Um, he's genuinely going for a ball that he could well win. He doesn't know if um, Mudrik is going to fly in and head that. You know, he's not. Um, it's not a player like a Cristiano Ronaldo that you know would steam in there and try and win the header or a Drogba or, you know, someone like that. Um, he's going to win the ball and you cannot physically perform the movement that he needed to, to head the ball in that position without using your arms in the way he did. I just think it's incredibly harsh and I, I, it is the letter of the law. Mm. Like, you know, that they, they're applying it and that, and I understand that, but I just think, I think that needs to be that needs to be looked at as soon as possible and changed because it's just crazy. There was another incident in the Everton game. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah, you know, it's so difficult. You can't have players, defenders. You know, I played fullback as a player, and it's going into defend without and having to think about putting your arms back to not give a penalty away is just it's just crazy. You know, and when the ball's smashed at high speeds from you know, such close distances, you're so, you know, the close proximity just makes it impossible to react. And, um, yeah, I just hate the fact that these, you know, these are being given and these goals are changing games. And it's, yeah, it's really frustrating to watch. I just felt that was just incredibly harsh. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, the one thing I'll say (laughs) where I agree with you, we'll start with the agreement point is the law needs to be changed. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. With this incident, my challenge with what you've just said is if is if that header is going on target or into the net, because I agree, it's you're talking split seconds, he is just nicked in ahead of Saliba. Mm. But that the header was I, I don't know if it was going on target or not, but it was going in that direction. Yeah. Um and I just wonder sort of how you approach that specifically. So let's say it's an accidental handball. But the ball's going in. It's kind of similar in, in some ways to Romero and the Arsenal penalty against Spurs. In some yeah, ways, yeah, yeah. That that point is the same, isn't it? About it being on target, and it could possibly go, and he stopped a goal, right? It, which like an inevitable goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to take that point. That's not that's not a point I consider, and I think that's fair. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was for the record. I don't know if it was going in. Um, mm. And it, it's ridiculous because before it used to just be, if it's deliberate handball, it's a penalty, cut and dry. Um, yeah. And I think that just made it easier for everyone, to be fair. Mm. Um, but my, my honest instinct watching it in real time was, I mean, that's got to be a penalty because I just saw a hand. I just saw it hit a hand. Mm. Um, but then... Then there was quite a delay, if I remember correctly, before they went to the VAR monitor, and I thought, I right, just let it go." Yeah, um, I think they had to wait for the ball to go out of play before it can be reviewed, and then right. then he was recommended to go and look at the the, the replay himself, the referee. And I, I, I you knew it was going to be, you know, nine ninety nine percent of the time when they go over to the the display, it's given, right? But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so, they, was, yeah. I felt annoyed by that, but I, you just have to accept it. Really? Well, that's, that's the, it's the annoying thing as a fan, right? You just feel kind of helpless because the rules and the laws are just a they're ambiguous and b particularly with handball, you just you almost you think anyone that's played the game, and I know we sort of had this discussion previously. You just think that's so harsh, but then there's, you just you know it has to be a pen because the laws are the way they are. And it just makes you feel kind of helpless. It's annoying. Yeah. It is frustrating to watch, but a, a good penalty from Cole Palmer though. Played well, yeah, he did. Uh, Gary Neville was um, again intolerable at the beginning <laughs> of the match for me. I just find just the the David Ray thing. He was just on him again, um, and yeah, he was a, he was you know getting very very excited by Cole Palmer, who I thought was I thought he was I thought he was very good. He's probably Chelsea's standout player, but I didn't think he was incredible. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah, the the less I say about Gary Neville, the better, actually. Yeah, it's, it's funny yeah. you say that because I, I I know you mentioned it on a previous podcast about Neville, your irritation with Neville, and when and we'll come to the Rice goal. Yeah. The second the misplaced pass came from the goalkeeper and Rice shot, his instant comment or reaction, <clears throat> excuse me, was to just say, "Oh no," in like a really negative way. Yeah. And I did think of you because I know you sort of raised that point previously. Yeah. Um, but before we sort of touch on that, you mentioned David Rea. So, second goal, cross comes shot. What's your take? Is it a shot? Is it a cross? Should Mate, it be better? I'm going to interject straight away. There's absolutely no way that that was the shot. Like, mm. there's no way at all. I, who, I think I watched the highlights on Match of the Day, and I think it was Jonathan Pierce was um, uh, commentating on that game, and he was like, he was, at, he was like adamant that it was a shot he was like he's had a look at the goalkeeper he knows what he's doing there and he's dinked one beautifully into the far corner and I was like are you serious like how have you... <laughs> he he doesn't look up once he's looking at the far stick for Raheem Sterling and it's shanked into the back of the net and I I've never I've never um, trained as a goalkeeper I've never um done my FA level one, two, three, whatever it is for goalkeeping coaching. Um, I didn't have any problem with David Reyes positioning for that at all. Um, he's a hundred percent expecting a cross and he's very good. That's probably his main strength is coming and collecting crosses. And, um, you know, I, I don't have any problems with him getting caught out by a, 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 a spawny left footed shank into the far stick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you if you come back with no, I think he meant it. You know, I'm not. Gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Look, I don't think he meant it. Although one thing I'll say is, isn't it funny how players that nearly sign for one club end up going to another club, seem to then 
get that bit of luck. Yeah. And I know Mudrick nearly signed for Arsenal in the summer. And mm. we always felt that same pain with Willian. Oh, um, yeah. He was on the cusp <laughs> yeah. of signing for Spurs, but then would always yeah. just somehow pop up with a goal. Yeah. Um, even fortuitous ones. But it's destiny, isn't it? It's destiny it's all the time. Strange how it works. But yeah. my take on it, and I wanted to raise this point of view to get your <clears> thoughts, was David Raya as a goalkeeper, I don't think is the tallest. Mm. And so regardless of position, it it looks quite bad for him. Whereas yeah. I always think back to um, a, play, a keeper like Thibaut Courtois, who's massive, right? And yeah. with the same position, he's probably going to get fingertips on that and get that out. Yeah. And I've always, it's, it's kind of made me think with a, with Rhea or with any kind of short goalkeeper. Obviously, we had, you know, Lloris for many years and he's still at the club, who's, who's obviously not the tallest, still a tall man, but not the tallest. Mm. And I've always thought sometimes saves that these slightly shorter keepers make that look incredible to a bigger keeper become a very sort of almost a normalised standard save you'd expect. Yeah, I I think that's a fair point. I think Ramsdale is not much taller, but he's a little bit taller than David Rea. Perhaps he could have saved that. Um, Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And like you said, someone like Courtois, I I don't have any memories of him getting caught out like that. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting point. Yeah, I've always thought that with keepers because, again, mm. you know, they tend to be, you know, quite agile, these goalkeepers, the smaller ones, and they can make these fingertip saves. But that's kind of because they have to. And yeah, you know, even looking at Vicario at Spurs now, who's mm. a very big man and quite gangly, yeah. he, he, every save he's made does not look spectacular. But I think that's just a byproduct of being really tall. Yeah. Um, and those long limbs as well, isn't it? Yeah, so that, yeah, that was one thing. Okay, but just to confirm, you don't attribute blame to David Rea for that goal. No, I don't. I don't. Um, I, you know, if we got a goalkeeper, coach, or guest on the show, and or on on the podcast, and um, ask them about positioning, there could be some criticism there. Um, I, I'm not informed enough about that to to say, but I, I, I he could have. You know, I think Gary Neville was alluding to that but I think he'd allude to anything that paints the narrative that David Rea is being shaky today because he just seems to be to have that agenda but yeah no I don't I don't I'm I'm happy that, not happy I'm I'm not going to attribute blame I just think that's a very fortunate shank from Mudrick okay yeah. and obviously he then went on to have a slight uh, well he nearly got caught out right with, with the ball on the ground yeah where, where are you at in terms of who you obviously the goalkeeping subject I mean we mentioned this previously based on Arteta's comments around this mm. but there's definitely this thing and Sky have jumped on it with this sort of whether you call it an agenda or a spotlight on your goalkeeping situation yeah ever since so I mean do you think those comments have helped hinder the situation and would you like to see David Rea continue as your number one, or do you feel safe with with Ramsdale? I, I think over the. I think this was probably his shakiest game for me. This was his shakiest game. Um, he got better in the second half, um, and on the ball, I, I mean the pass that he gave straight to Cole Palmer. I think he did really well after that to actually claim the ball off him and kind of show him away from goal. But that pass was never ever on. Mm. Um, you know, it was never on, and um, yeah, he was he was very shaky in this in in that first half. Difficult conditions again, um, but in terms of Ramsdale and him, I 
there was a there was a point in the I can't think it I think it may have been our previous game where he was shaky again and I was thinking Arteta mentioned about this making a substitute and he had this regret in yeah one of his few regrets was to not substitute a keeper and there was a small part of me in one of the, I can't think which game it was but I was thinking actually I wonder if this might be the game where he does it you know and and uh, I don't know I I think I don't think he's been fantastic in the last few games, so it could there could be a change coming up with um, with Ramsdale given another chance. Um, yeah, I'd, but I don't know. It does seem as though Reyes is number one, and he'll stick by him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can't see that happening, um, but I, I'm, I'm open to it because I, I know we've got two fantastic keepers, and. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. But in fact, it would surprise me if it happened. But I don't. I, I you know, I, I don't see him making that change. Yeah, well, I think in some ways, and I noticed that Ramsdale wasn't actually on the bench. So I don't know if he had he's picked up an injury or something. But I almost wonder, had he been on the bench, that might have been a really interesting. Yeah. Point to note, and yeah. Okay, so he's. Um, I think he was. He's. I. I. I looked at the lineups before the game and did think that. Oh. That's interesting, but apparently, I think in commentary they said that he, his wife has had their first child, so he was right. That's why he was absent. Uh, Gary Neville's fuming. Yeah. <laughs> <All this narrative. laughs> oh no, he's oh. a baby. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh no. So let's go to it then. Declan Rice, <clears throat> worldy finish, shocking goalkeeping error. Right again, another yeah. risky pass from a keeper. But thoughts on on the finish and just Rice in general, because I know he's been sort of standout for you. Yeah, I mean, awful from Robert Sanchez, right? Again, pass was never, ever on. I don't know what he's seen there. Um, but I, I, look, I watched that and there's a reverse angle from behind the goal. And Declan Rice, that that is so technically hard to do that. Mm. I don't think... You know, he is basically just side foot past that into the side netting, and he he had to go that side as well. You know, I I thought that was a fantastic finish from a midfielder. You know, he's not a striker. He's he's just he he's you know he's like he's banged that passing. You know, like when you're warming up and you like test someone's touch and you slam the ball into someone. That's almost like what he did there. And first type, I thought that was. I thought that was fantastic. I don't think you see that often. Players kind of take a touch and think, oh, I'm going to have to lift it over the keeper now. But he seized the moment, took the opportunity. And I thought that was superb finish. But again, poor from Robert Sanchez. Um, And that really just, you know, sprung us into life. And, you know, immediately as that ball hit the back of the net, he was like the leader that he is, arms up in the air. Come on, let's go get the ball, bring it back, let's go. And I love that about him. What a character. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Because you'd be you'd be delighted with putting a penalty in that exact point in the net yeah. at that pace, wouldn't you? There was. Yeah. He almost um he seemed to use. I think it was Enzo was the player. He almost used him as a mannequin and just whipped mm. it around. And I think it kind of maybe helped his trajectory. But yeah, take nothing away yeah. from the finish. It was an elite finish. And yeah, super. He grew up a Chelsea fan, right? Him and Mason Mount. Um, yeah, and they were part of the academy for a number of years, I think. Yes, I think he actually got released by Chelsea, so that must have felt um, felt pretty good for him. And then, yeah, yeah. So that's Rice, and then the equaliser. So I mentioned 
star boy. Um, yeah. We've had a quiet game, but he's produced a, a lovely assist, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's he he produces goals and assists in big games against big clubs, and um, he's he's turned up again for that moment. He was quiet. I think I think Kukurea got away with a lot against him, just kicking after the ball, always pushing him in the back, nudging him, you know, right on the edge, Kukurea, um, who I've now added to my players I don't like list. Um, it's, it's partly the hair. I, I just feel like he should be trying to sell me a boat tour in Spain or something. He's <laughs> not, do you know, you know, or I don't know, something like that. He just annoyed me. And in that game, just, I think he, it's one of them again. He, I think he got booked for a late, challenge on Saka or a mistimed challenge on Saka but there's arguably other yellows from him in that game as well and it's those moments where you think oh gosh he's just getting away with so much and Saka take, takes so much kick it so many kicks in games it really annoys me but yeah that that ball is exactly exactly where it needed to be and you can see Trossard makes one run for the defender in one direction points where he wants it and then he's uh it lands exactly where he needs it to, and it's a good finish off the outside of the boot, man. Um, but so yeah, Starboy raising, raising us once again, man. Love that guy. Love <laughs> Have him. you mentioned that before? I don't think you mentioned that. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That no, all jokes aside. And look, yeah. one thing: whenever Arsenal are playing Chelsea, right, I've got to give you a bit of banter because I don't like Chelsea and I don't like Arsenal. Fair enough. Um, and one thing that's always irked Spurs fans in the past is when Arsenal and Chelsea play and you guys seem to collectively <laughs> sing about how much you hate Spurs. And I'm like, are you meant to be rivals? Or just yeah. like, what? This is very weird. And did that, did you hear that happening in the game? And what's your take on that? I don't, I didn't, I didn't clock it this time, but I do. I think that happens when we play West Ham as well. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, I think we, we, we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks during the next international break about um, perceptions of other of our, of our rival teams. And um, I think that is part of that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the context there. Um, yeah, I, it does. That, sorry, I am laughing. I'm, I'm sitting here smiling about this one. But I do. That must be really bloody annoying, right? I just don't get it. Like... <laughs> Because, first of all, I think, right, I don't know what it is, but there seems to be this, like, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, all really, really hate Spurs. But then you say you hate each other and that you're, not, you're, you're sort of London rivals when you play each other. Mm. And then you have a lovely sing-song together about yeah. it. And it doesn't sit well. We're just a bit like, are you guys, is there an obsession there? Like, what's yeah. going on? It's an interesting one. Maybe we need like a collective, get like a Chelsea fan in and and a West Ham fan in and see what people really think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question, but it is making me smile and it is making me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't catch it going on this time around, but no. um, maybe, especially now, I suppose, with your two managers, obviously Pochettino and Arteta being sort of ex-teammates and mm. sort of pals as well. Um, yeah, in terms of before sort of getting your opinion on the point and what it means for you guys now moving yeah. forward, I think my take as a Spurs fan is any any fixture where both Chelsea and Arsenal are dropping points, particularly against each other, and nobody sort of won. I mean, I, I can only be sort of satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, but I suppose my challenge here is 
I really wanted you to lose a game before us. Um, and I think the fact that you haven't lost a game that you arguably could and should have lost maybe um, is only going to strengthen your resolve in terms of that bigger picture so that's where my head's at I'm going to hand over to you and get your take on the significance of the point and what you think that does for you I I think it is significant it's it's one of those that um, builds confidence that even if you can go to tough places in the Premier League, not play well, in fact, play really poorly at times and still manage to come away with something. And, you know, the opposition can be very fortunate, get a very harsh pen, score it, a, a spawny cross that goes into the far corner, you're 2-0 down, away from home, you know, that that's they're going to come away there. That'll feel like a win. You know, in that dressing room would have been like, that would have felt like a win after the struggles of the first half and players not playing well and so on. Um, that will feel like a win. So that that even though it is one point, it's definitely one point gained. Um, and I I do really hope that it, like you said, you know, adds fuel to our fire. Um, and it, again, that unbeaten it is, you know, it's nice to remain unbeaten. It's kind of like handing the baton over to you guys on Monday night. Yeah, and that terrifies me. I'm a bit shook. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is Fulham, and you yeah. are at home. It, it, do you know what it is? It's just the fact that we're both unbeaten and we're the only teams unbeaten, and it's kind of I don't want us to be the first to drop it, and it's made me a little bit on edge when I thought you were heading, you know, you were heading for defeat, and then you've somehow pulled it out of the bag. Yeah. Um. So I suppose, yeah, from my own personal point of view, there's, there's a, you know a hint of pressure there, but um, yeah, I still, as I think we both predicted. Um, Spurs to to get the win on Monday night, but we have yeah. It's always tricky, isn't it? You're the last game of the weekend or the start of a new week, um, and you've seen what what's happened. And I suppose that the positive for us, and we can sort of dive onto this a little bit later, is the chance to go outright clear at the top um, with, with a win, which would obviously be after nine games, be very very, I suppose, surprising, but very very welcome. Um, mm. But just just my last point on the Arsenal game is. The media would always say, that's a great point. It showed the team's resilience. My takeaway from it was, you were ultimately quite lucky with a dodgy pass from a goalkeeper that has opened you up an opportunity to to get back in. But regardless, you've taken advantage of it. And I suppose what really matters is the feeling in the dressing room and your players will probably be feeling really uplifted to come away from there with, with that point. Yeah. I think if you'd asked the players before the game, would you take a point here? They, they would have said, no, we want three. But then if you said to them, you're you're going to play poorly for that long and you come away with a point, they would probably go, mm, yeah, we'll take it then. Um, and you're right, there is a bit of good fortune with the past and an, em- an empty net, you know, in, <laughs> in quotation marks. But he still had a hell of a lot to do there. Um, and that was, the, you know, as we've said before, and we agreed that that was a hell of a strike from Rice. Um so, yeah, I do get the a little bit of good fortune. Um, I don't think there was any good fortune in the second the second goal, but I think we were fortunate to come away with a point. I would agree with that. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose thinking about it, every game, well, correct me if, I'm, if I've got this wrong, but you've played nine, won six, drawn three. And yeah. So the three games you've dropped points have all been 2-2 draws? Yeah, Fulham, Spurs and this one. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Loads of Desmonds. Loads of Desmonds and 
Fulham was a last minute equaliser from them. You had late equalisers yesterday. Spurs, I think it was two two quite early in the half. But mm. um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. That seems to be um, yeah. That's you can yeah. yeah I suppose conceding and scoring are plenty in every game. Yeah, and it's just frustrating that you. I, I was looking at the table before we started this this episode, and I, I see that City are top. And a good friend of mine, who you know as well, John Jupp, messaged me eyes emoji, and this screenshot of the table. <laughs> you know, giving me a bit of stick after we beat City, and you know they've they've lost twice, but they're top of the league. Mm. And uh, yeah, maybe you guys will change that because, like you said, you can go two points clear. How about that after nine games? <sighs> Yeah, no, it's it's um it's a crazy crazy thought. I was actually looking at the table today after Villa's win, and Villa seemed to be flying as well. Yeah, they are right there, aren't they? Ridiculous. Yeah, I think what they beat they've been they smashed Brighton six one. They won four one today. Um, it's yeah, a good evening. Yeah, it's a very good evening. <laughs> yeah, he's on fire, old Unai. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at the table, so we're currently in in fourth position, and. This is how you know we're really we're still very early into the season because literally if we if we were to lose, then suddenly you're only like a point ahead of your Villas and your Newcastles and you're you're in danger of getting sort of dragged to a fourth, fifth, sixth in the league. Mm. But a win, you're outright top, and then suddenly there's sort of a four or five point buffer between the sort yeah. of fifth place team. So it does feel like a really significant game for us in terms of um yeah, just just keeping us sort of above water and, and overperforming. Yeah, um, at this early stage, I, d- I don't see anything apart from the Spurs winning this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- based on what I've seen so far this season, I'd say yes. However, we have—I mean, Fulham have obviously already knocked us out of the the EFL Cup. Yeah. Um, albeit two two much weakened teams on that night, and obviously it was it was penalties that decided it. But that was probably, or well, in fact, certainly our worst performance of the season by a distance. We were really poor that night. Um, yeah, just about deserved to get the draw in normal time, let alone obviously going out on penalties. We weren't, we weren't great that night. Um, yeah. So there's that. Obviously, we'll be missing Basuma. Um, how is how is the rest of the squad looking? Are you um, after the international break a little bit of extra time? Is it looking good? Yeah, I think that's a bit of a blessing actually. Um, playing the Monday night, we've had players, you know, playing South America, South Korea, um, big games. They've come back and everyone's fit. Um, obviously. Um, Bissouma's out. I think Romero sort of had an ankle injury and, and got substituted at half time in his Argentina game, or just after half time. Um, but it's been declared fit. Big, big positive for us. He's not ready to start yet, but Bentancourt is now back in full training after a cruciate ligament injury. Mm. He was by far, well, bar Harry Kane last season, Bentancourt was our standout midfielder by a distance. Um, so I think everyone's really excited to hopefully have him back integrated in the next sort of few weeks or next month or so. Was um, he um was he a Conte signing? Yes. Yeah. And and from Juve as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was um Benton and Kulisevsky that came yeah, in. Yeah. Um and we we got them both on the cheap, honestly. They've both been mm. outstanding for us. I still can't believe I think we got them both for like a combined sort of thirty million or something ridiculous. Um sometimes you get <laughs> that happens in the market. Sometimes it just works out like Odegaard. You know those those deals that you've got for those two guys in in some ways comparable, aren't they? It's it's funny because there's a lot of sort of banter and laughs by Spurs fans because those players were Paratici signings, our director of football, who was then accused of all the sort of um, financial issues. Yeah. 
those Spurs fans now just refer to him as Don Paratici doing his <laughs> dealings. Um, but yeah, mm. got got them both in on a snip from his former club. Mm. Um, but no, otherwise, yeah, we're going in pretty much full strength, Barbasuma. Um, and I think the manager's already sort of indicated that probably Hoiberg will take his spot um, in, in the starting eleven. So mm. no reason to think if we can get on the ball, carry on playing how we've been playing, then we've got a good chance. But obviously cautious because. Um, and I've also said before that I feel like the games against these sort of middle middle of the run teams are going to be really significant in determining where we should be aiming for next season or for this season. Yeah. Um, and we've not, everyone seems to have either been a sort of top six team or a bottom six team so far that we've played. Yeah. So this is like a slightly different test and I'm very, very interested to see how we get on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't think I can see anything apart from a Spurs win. Um, and what were what were our predictions score wise? I can't recall actually. I think oh, you with... went you went for a two 0 Spurs. I went for a three one Spurs. Yes. Um, and we both went one one for your games. We both got um, both correct yesterday. Yeah, with yeah. the draw. I need to catch you up. Yeah, I didn't. I still can't believe how many you've got correct. <laughs> yeah, we've done all right. I mean, yeah. the, the Liverpool game was a ballsy prediction, which just about came through. But so yeah. far, um, so far, so good. But yeah, um, we'll see how we go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, be watching the game for sure. Yeah, it's it's something about. I don't know why. I don't like being the last team to play, but it's quite a nice feeling to know that you can just sit on a Monday night where typically you're not really doing much on a Monday. Before yeah. my sort of knee injuries, I would be playing football on a Monday, but not these days. But that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to kick back and enjoy the game, hopefully, is, is a nice sort of Monday thing. And yeah, hopefully, we'll come off the back of it still unbeaten and, and top of the league. Yeah, well, hopefully not, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. And then, um, yeah, it's just, I still cannot get my head around the fact we're both unbeaten, mate. I, I think it's, we're, we're almost underplaying it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, do you know? I, it's weird because I just look at it as games, um, and I, I look at the games and I just think we could have won all of them. Maybe, the, in, in fact, maybe Chelsea, the Fulham game, we certainly should have won. All the other games, I feel like that we've got the results we've got have been justified. Mm. So it's not like um, I feel like we're we've achieved something so far that we shouldn't have. We've got what we're due kind of thing. Um, and I suppose you can say the same about Spurs. Like there's been very, maybe slightly fortunate against Liverpool um, with the decisions and stuff. But yeah, it, it, it's great, isn't it? And, you know, some teams in North London have gone whole seasons without losing. <laughs> oh, I set myself up, didn't I? <laughs> so, you know, if you've done it before, Andreas, it's, you know, it's not the same doing it again. You know, all right, the orig- all right. being the original Invincibles with gold trophies and stuff is, ah, you know, anyway. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what? You know what? You know, when we have our little episode about Spurs and Arsenal fans, what we think of each other, right? Just remember, this is a great example. This is fuel <laughs> to my fire because arrogance is yeah. one of the things that will be coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, fair play. I mean, there was. um. I think I sent you a great example of something popped up of a, a Nike ad from your Invincible season. Oh, that I, I hadn't come across that, and it's incredible. Please tell us again. I, I'm struggling to remember it, but I think it was just 
like www and it was just it just yeah um sort of mapped out your your season yeah by outcome and yeah it's just ridiculous to see no L's in it it is it is yeah it's mad an incredible achievement um yeah, we can't argue we, that one no we can't argue but we we can also sort of avoid talking about it um, yeah <laughs> back <in> today. yeah <laughs> okay well um so uh, we're done in west london um, the West London visits North London on Monday and that's where we'll be uh, talking in our next pod right let's do it and let's put these West Londoners to bed once and for all uh, come the end of Monday night yeah okay it's been a pleasure as always Andy thanks mate have a great rest of the week yeah you too see ya bye